So you're thinking about running, but not sure how to take the first step. My name's Brian Patterson, and I'm here to help. Thank you very much for listening to me for the previous few weeks. And today we're going to be talking about the long run. In November of 1961, legendary coach Arthur Lydiard told the 1960 800m gold medalist Peter Snell to go for a run and run a marathon. Before that, Lydiard and Snell had incorporated the wire. Turara circuit, a grueling 22-mile long run route, run run up and down of the Waikatari ranges in New Zealand. Now, I've totally probably destroyed those uh, two names as part of his 100-mile training week. What was a man who would race for less than two minutes doing running for two hours? This type of training was completely unheard of for middle distance runners back in those days. Only two months after this Lydiard-mandated marathon, Snell ran a world record mile at 3.54 and in the 1964 Olympics, he won the gold in the 800 and 1500 events. The long run has been popular ever since. Every runner should be doing long runs. Even if you're just doing training for 5k, you still need to do a weekly long run. So... What is it? What is a long run? A long run is a sustained effort of running longer than your typical run. A long run is usually 30% of your typical weekly mileage and is usually longer than an hour. Its purpose is to make your body more efficient at running and stronger. Longer runs also make you mentally tougher, giving you the confidence that you can complete the race distance. Well, you might be asking yourself, How do I train myself to run longer? You train yourself to run longer before running more frequently and progressively running longer week over week. You need to run a bare minimum of, let's say, three times a week on non-consecutive days. So you have a bit of a rest between your runs. And then you have one run, which is 20 to 30% of your total volume per week. Now for the science bit. What are the benefits of the lung run? Well, number one, it builds up the number of mitochondria in the cells. These are the energy factories that power movement and cell respiration. It also, number two, increases your your VO2 max and volume. So maximum stroke volume, the amount of blood injected from your heart with each beat and build up the new capillaries and red blood cells. Number three, it builds up that mental toughness. So when you on the on the start line or when you're doing your next 5K, um, your body will learn to tap into the fat. Sorry, your you when you're on the starting line or when you're about to do your next 5K, you can you feel that you can go the distance because you already have in 
in training. So you've either gone for a longer distance in training. It will make your running much more efficient. It will make your muscles learn through practice, so your stride will improve throughout consistent long runs. Number five, it will teach your body how to fuel itself. Your body will learn how to tap into fat before glycogen, delaying glycogen depletion during a long race. That's helped delay hitting the proverbial wall. That is probably more relevant to, let's say, marathon runners. So we will talk about at some stage in the later podcasts about the different types of energy systems that you use in your run. Number six, it'll make your muscle, bones and tendons stronger. So running for prolonged periods increases the strength of your leg muscles and connective tissues. Number seven, it'll increase your body's body's ability to use fat as fuel. Just as we've said before, your body uses both carbs, glycogen and fat to fuel your long runs. So long runs will increase your body's ability to optionally and efficiently use that fuel sources to you, fuel sources to power you. And number eight, um, it will make you faster. By improving your endurance, you'll be able to hold a certain pace for a longer period of time. And then as your slow twitch f- muscles get tired, your fast twitch muscles fibers pitch in. So how long should I run and how often? There are limits. Don't go on your first long run and get injured. It's simply by walking and running for a longer period of time compared to previous sessions. So you don't have to be running longer. You could, on your first long run, go for a bit of a walk, then do a bit of running, and then just do incorporating that. And then as you do more longer runs, then you do more running. Typically, the long run is done once per week, and that's to allow for your body to adapt. As the mother's runner, the mother runner's coach, um, Laura Norris, explains, a long run produces a significant amount of damage and requires recovery in order to adapt. To frequent, too frequent of long runs can also compromise the quality of training between those other uh, between other runs. Long runs should be performed at a pace that is comfortable and conversational. Unless you're doing, let's say, quite an uh, an intensive long run workout. Stick with once per week, long run. You can't go wrong. Every three to six weeks, depending on how you're training, you may want to cut back the distance of your long run. This is an optimal, but runners who are pushing the envelope will need to reduce the distance for recovery. With a regular long run schedule, and a variety of types of runs, your endurance will keep improving month after month and year after year. Are there different types of long run? Well, during my research, I discovered that there are different types of long run. There's the easy long run. The majority of your long runs should be at an easy conversational pace, as we said before. And this type of long run is simple. You just run easy for the distance. This run is quite ideal for beginners. We're still tackling the distance of a long run, but once you're comfortable at a certain distance, you can move on to more advanced long runs. There's something which is called the roller coaster long run and um, is kind of one of one of my favorites, which is a, a, a long run that has maybe 
uphills and downhills over uh, the last half of the long run. So when your muscles, when you are actually getting tired, then having those um, uphills and downhills will help build up your mental strength and your physiological strength. There's the fast finish long run, ideal for a longer distance runners. This is the type of long run which forces you to run fast when fatigue, which puts the benefits as I described above as described above. Most runners will do, let's say, two to ten miles between a ten k marathon pace, uh, or and then to finish their long runs at a faster pace. So. So if you are a beginner and you're doing a long run, it could be, let's say, maybe five kilometers and then maybe the last maybe kilometer and a half, then you maybe just push up the pace a bit. But I would say maybe just get used to the fact that once a week you are just doing that long run and then gradually just um, change it every so often um, just to give that variability in the long run. Then there's what's called the fartlek long run. Now, fartlek running is something that was developed by Scandinavian coaches, I think, back in the the 30s and 40s. And basically what it is, is that you're going on a run, but you do varying intervals with varying distances over that particular run. I think it was sort of trying to simulate that um, they would be running in the throughout the forests and then they would run different distances with varying paces within within the forests. So basically, there's no reason why you can't include intervals within the long, long run. Choose either longer intervals, a thousand meters, two miles with a pace of around 10k marathon effort, or let's say you know, a bit of a slower pace marathon effort or shorter intervals, maybe a bit of a faster pace, 400 metres, 800 metres, or even a 5k faster effort. Since then, this is a type of advanced type of long run. Only advanced runners should attempt it. There are, of course, many other types of long runs. As with workouts, the sky's the limit or how you structure them. Play with the distance, speed, terrain and recovery to maximise your fitness and enjoyment from the long runs. Progression long runs. A progression long run is where you run the majority of your long run at an easy pace and then the last few miles you progressively pick up the pace about 10 seconds per mile until you are finishing at a faster pace at about a, a minute faster per mile or a race pace depending on where you are in your training. You can also do a fast finish long run where you finish the last mile or so at a moderately harder pace. So how can I make a long run easier? Well, here are some tips for you. Slow your pace down. Remember, you've got to go easy to go fast. The biggest mistake people make on long runs is going too fast and running out of steam. Don't make the run harder than it needs to be. Some long runs may have you do a tempo in the middle of uh, of the run. So when I mean a tempo is basically you're just going at a little bit of a faster faster pace than an easy run. But I I would say as a rule of thumb, it should be really easy to start off with. 
just do walking and running. And then gradually, as you get used to the long run, they're still incorporating more running and less walking. The other good thing is just sort of entertain yourself because you're going to be on your feet. So you could either run with friends, have uh, your favourite playlists, uh, podcasts, always good, and maybe some audiobooks. Do just one long run per week. This avoids you mentally and physically overtaxing the body. Take a break. After you've done a few long runs over a number of weeks, then maybe don't forget to just cut back on the distance that you're doing for the long run. Don't forget also to focus on refueling. So this could either be water or it could be gels you could take with you. Um, so make sure that you are getting getting well hydrated or alternatively just take some gels with you during the run if you feel that you're going to be going on a long run for quite some time. And last but not least, lube up. Avoid chafing by using Vaseline or anti-chafing stick in areas such as under your arms or inner thighs, your waist, or or whatever you feel that you could get that chafing. I remember I used to get that quite a bit, um, but now for some reason I, I don't. And also another tip is just to gradually increase the long runs over time. Also, that... Um, another tip is that you just got to be patient in terms of your fitness. Just it, it typically takes about a month for the physiological adaptations to be made and your fitness will come. Well, how's my training going? And then specifically in relation to the long run. Well, what's my experience with the long runs? I don't know about you, but in my training, if I'm scheduled to do a short run, it seems to be mentally harder than doing a long run. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that doing the long run at the weekend and my shorter runs are during the week after work. So I'm kind of a little bit tired after the week in the week. I think for my long runs, it is important to have music, which is calmer, not the frantic 140 beats per minute or any other playlist. This helps me focus on slowing down my pace. Also, as has been said before, to plan the long runs and gradually increase the intensity and distance over time. Plus, it's a great way of catching up on that audiobook. Well, last week I felt that maybe I'd overtrained as I was feeling quite tired. Um, and so I decided to take a week off. On reflection, I think maybe I could have been better doing some exercises just to keep the joints moving. So it could be something like going for a bike ride, stretching or doing a longer walk. Or if I was a member of a gym doing a light, light weight session. As I felt that although I've recovered well, I did feel that I wasn't how one might say match fit. My hips felt a little sore and it just felt like hard work. I think the best idea is to slowly build yourself back into your training once you've time. So rather than going back to training four times a week, I went and did three time three times that week. And um, this involved, let's say, doing a 6K relaxed run and then an interval session of three times 800 meter fast with a 400 meter slow session. And then finished off the week with a new thing called a cadence run. More about that 
in next week's episode. Now, it's that time of the week where it is the tip of the week. So this is again a basic Apple Watch tips for running, but also this could apply to other um, wearables as well. So it's really important that when you are about to do any training uh, with your wearable that you update your stats. So first things first, and when I'm talking in relation to the Apple Watch, make sure the Apple Watch knows who you are. This means gender, weight, height, age, and all the indications that it needs to actually measure distance and calories burned. So you go to the watch app on your phone, select the My Watch tab on the bottom, and then go to Health and press Edit on the top right to make the changes. To calibrate the watch, another important part of the getting to know you stage is calibrating the watch to your individual pace so and to get the stride right so to get a more accurate read of your distance when you leave your phone behind or gps isn't reliable if you've never done this before you may just want to start off with a clean slate go to the my watch tab of the watch app on your phone click the privacy and select Reset Fitness Calibration Data. To recalibrate, Apple recommends taking your watch out on a, on a jog in a flat open area where you get good reception. Series 1 users will have to bring a phone along on this first run. Next, you'll need to start an outdoor run or walk in a workout app on the Apple Watch and do either a walk or run for at least 20 minutes. If you don't have 20 minutes to spare, you can either do this in a five or 10 minute intervals. Just You just need to reach a goal of 20 minutes to actually calibrate. Once you have logged the initial 20 minutes worth, you can ditch the phone and resume your usual running routes. The watch will continue to learn uh, about your stride and calibrate over time. Also, the other thing is to tighten that band. Once you have your stride and distance figured out, you'll need to make sure you're getting an accurate heart rate reading. The Apple Watch uses heart rate along with other metrics to calibrate your calories burned. And the gadget can be used to help keep you in check during training or in the race. But the heart rate sensor has to be in direct contact with your skin to get an accurate read, which means you may have to tighten up the band before you go on a jog to make sure the Apple Watch stays in place when you are swinging your sweaty arms up and down. Just don't overdo it and cut off the circulation in your hand and it may be loosened, it may be loosened up once you're done. Next week, um, well, that was our tip of the week, but next week we'll get into the weeds about running technique which is why is it important? How can I go about improving it? Plus, there is this thing called cadence 
I did mention before. So looking forward to telling you more about that. Thanks for listening and look forward to speaking to you next week. And also just wanted to say uh, this podcast thing is a journey for me and I'm really enjoying it. So if you're listening, I really appreciate it. 